Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be talking about the wonderful new Hulu series, Tell Me Lies. We are joined today by cast members Grace Van Patten, Jackson White, Sonia Mena, Catherine Missal, Alicia Crowder, Brandon Cook, Benjamin Wadsworth, Spencer House, and executive producer and showrunner Megan Oppenheimer. And Megan, I wanted to start with, with a question for you in, in terms of the development of this project and adapting it from Carola Lovering's book. And you've mentioned that one of the things that you really loved about the book was that it explores this very universal theme in terms of being in a relationship where there's just this real push, even though there are these red flags and reasons to walk away. And the exploration of the isolation that can come with that as you get pulled further into that space. And so I was really interested in, as you arced out the season, how you wanted to create that kind of gradual pull further and further into this relationship and the space of isolation that it then creates for Lucy at the center of it. Yeah, um, I think it was all about the ripple effects and you know, because we dive into each member of the cast separately at some point, we're able to see what everyone is hiding, not just Lucy and Steven. But I think with their dynamic, we didn't want it to be like a straight plummet downhill, you know, because in relationships like that, it's there's usually more of a back and forth and a power play. And even if Lucy didn't start out as the toxic one, you end up learning the bad behavior and you end up serving the po the poison that is being served to you. And so it was fun to figure out when, when she's in control, when he is, when she's, you know, doing the bad things. Um, yeah, it was, uh, <clears throat> it was fun. I don't know if that answered anything. <laughs> it does. And, and Grace, in talking about your character a little bit, one of the things that, that struck me early on in the series is that externally, she's kind of projecting that she doesn't really care what other people think about her and, and how she responds emotionally to different situations. And yet we really see that veneer kind of fall down as the season progresses. And we see that there is a lot of care. And, you know, she is concerned at the fact that she's not grieving in the way people think she should when when someone passes away near her, um, you know, and all these different aspects. And, and so I was interested in how you wanted to create this character with, with that as an exterior, but then how you also work to really find those moments where that pulls away from her. Yeah, I I think she actually always cared and and she's spent years building up this emotional wall due to her past trauma and then this guy comes into her life and slowly just chips away at the wall she's been building up for years and to a point where she has no control over her emotions. So I think she did she she intentionally built up that wall because she knew how many emotions she had inside of her and knew that the second she kind of opened up the gates, it would all flood out. And that's, that's exactly what happens. Definitely. And, and Jackson, and coming over to you and talking about Stephen a little bit, um, you know, he's, he's also, again, a character where there's a lot of confidence in the exterior, but again, there's a lot of insecurities inside of him, particularly stemming from his childhood, um, living in economic uncertainty with his mother as a single parent. And we start to see a lot of ways in which that really influences a lot of his behaviors and certain choices and motivations for things that he's doing. And, and the way that he really doesn't want people to know that about him and the way that he deals with that out in the world. And so how did that inform such a large component of some of the choices that you ended up making for this character in your performance, given that that is such a central part of him at his core? Um, yeah, well, Stephen is someone who is constantly in motion and he does not sit with a feeling. He, he externalizes everything that's happening to him, to the people around him. He projects all of his childhood trauma on, on his friend group and he's constantly manipulating and looking for a way 
to rid himself of guilt or blame for anything. Um, and that's sort of how he's being portrayed as this um, sort of stoic and uh, repressed dude with, with other things going on uh, underneath. Uh, and when he meets Lucy, it's, it's the perfect person to compliment that. It's someone who hasn't been unlocked in that way. And they, they meet at this perfect time for everything to go haywire and beyond that, how it affects everyone around them. And Sonia, in in playing Pippa, you know, there's there's a point at which she mentions that she doesn't tend to have a lot of close friends and particularly other female friends. And yet we get to see her in these kind of burgeoning friendship group at the beginning of the show and how that's developing and how that's building. And so I was interested in how that really informed a lot of that relationship dynamic for you as someone in a character who doesn't really kind of naturally fit into that space for herself and, and is kind of trying to navigate new waters to a degree. Yeah, I think she because she hasn't had a lot of friends, it's she's not very well practiced. She doesn't necessarily know how to communicate or show that she cares about people, but it also means that her friends are just the most important thing to her. She's never had this kind of friendship before. And so as a result, she'll kind of just do really just about anything to keep them close to her. Definitely. And, and Catherine, in, in talking about Brie a little bit as well, um, you know, kind of looking at her childhood as well, she's someone who comes from the foster care system. And so, again, it feels like that influences a lot of where she's at emotionally as a character, particularly with what it means to her to be out independently at college, kind of building a life for herself in this space. And, and it's something that is such a part of her identity, even though she doesn't necessarily try to push it into conversation. A lot of people around her don't really know that. And yet it still informs a lot of aspects and, and really makes sense to a lot of details in her once we learn that in the show. Um, and so how did that shape a lot of the emotional fabric of her as a character for you when you were developing her? Yeah, I think um, to Brie, friendship is like the most important thing. And so um, just standing by Lucy in whatever decision she makes is kind of like her take on, you know, just navigating the situation and um, trying to keep the peace with everybody as much as possible. That's kind of Bree's role. Definitely. And Alicia, you're playing a character who has so much poise when we first see her in the show. And, and yet you also kind of start to see a lot of the pressure that she's putting on herself in really trying to have a lot of forward momentum in, in both her personal and her academic and future professional life and, and the drive that really puts everything in motion for her. Um, and I was, I was interested in kind of the internal aspects of a character where on the exterior, it seems like she's really succeeding at everything that she does. And at the same time, she's really trying to put a lot of pieces back together inside herself, which we especially see through the relationship with Steven, where she wants it to be in a certain place emotionally, and she's really trying to get there, but it's just not happening for her. Right. Um, so yeah, she's succeeding in every aspect of her life, except for the romantic and um, like personal one. And I think that for someone who like Diana's definitely a perfectionist, and she definitely likes to like exude this confident air. And I think that she feels really insecure about the relationship and also like the fact that she continues to see him and be with him after Steven has wronged her in this way and how that makes her it's such a conflicting feeling that it like it makes her feel so weak and yet she can't you know really fight that so it's definitely an internal struggle and I think that one that we get to 
like watch her navigate in real time. Yeah. And Spencer with Wrigley, what I love in what you've created in this character is, um, you know, he's very much known for his athleticism. When he walks into a party, he seems like the most confident person in the room. And yet we very quickly see these little quiet moments where we can see that people making little jibes and little comments at him actually really does affect him, even if he's never saying it out loud. And, and the confidence is almost a veneer that it's okay for people to say these sorts of things in front of him and to his face. Um, and so how did you want to create create that juxtaposition of those two different sides of him? Hmm. Well, you know, I think, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's fun to play a character who uh, people think they know him because I think he, he's such a, a loud and uh, uh, just a, a huge person of a character that, um, people gravitate towards him and they and they love the fact that he makes them feel happier and people laugh around him but you know he i think that's become a little bit of a drug to him and i think he um plays into it more and more and gets him higher um social status and uh it's it's actually removing him further and further away from what he kind of wishes people thought of him which is you know not dumb <laughs> And Brandon, in, in talking about playing Evan as well, um, you know, he, he, it seems like he's someone who really puts other people first and is very accommodating of other people's feelings, emotions, and spaces. And yet you've crafted him in a way where he also doesn't feel like a pushover. Like he'll help cover for something that Stephen has said to be true, even if it's not. But then the moment it's just the two of them in the room, he's going to call him out on it. And so how did you create that space where it's very much about putting other people first and foremost, maybe sometimes at the behest of himself, but not making him a character who's a pushover at the same time uh yeah i think it's just finding the balance um figuring out uh what he is looking for and what he's struggling with and 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 understanding like he wants the best for his friends and sometimes that's the truth and even if they don't want it and he's kind of the morality meter so he he you know makes sure to check his friends as well to make sure that they're in line and i think that kind of takes a toll after a while and um, he might, I, I think he develops a sense of getting over it, if we will. And then for you, Ben, we get to see your character go into this space where he has this huge burden of guilt for, for some actions and he really can't do anything to change those choices. It's, you know, everything's kind of moved past that point. And so we watch all the different ways in which he reacts and kind of acts out, whether it's anger and frustration or whether it's becoming very insular and very isolated. And so how did you find the different emotional trajectories of, of what that would be for him as a character and also just gradually find the space where he's pulling further and further further away from a lot of people around him as a result of it. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was definitely uh, hard for me to have those differences because, you know, in, in the beginning, it's, he, he feels like he can just trust uh, Stephen and his brother. Um and then as we continue going on, we see that it doesn't get better for him. And, and I think that uh, frustrates him to see that the person, the people that he trusted the most are really letting him down and, and uh, trying to find like the, the nuance between that, those kind of hurts was, uh, was difficult, but uh, 
it was made uh, a, a lot easier for me because of the writing on the show. Absolutely. And, and Megan, kind of coming back to that idea that you've got this centralized plot line with Stephen and Lucy, um, as you were going through episode by episode and really looking at where that trajectory and that arc was going narratively, how did that influence the way that you were then in turn focusing on a lot of the other characters? As you mentioned before, we really get these moments where we get to go a little bit deeper into each of these characters, each episode as we progress, um, you know, and it's, it's a wonderful ensemble, but yet you have to, the challenge of making sure that you're really giving us enough detail and giving us enough layering early on and kind of giving us enough depth to every single one of them. And so how did that central narrative influence the way that you would build the arcs for all the rest of the characters in the show as well? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's quite technical, really. You know, when I arced out the season initially, I chose to arc it out, not by plot lines, but by each character's emotional arc separately and without thinking too much about how they all blended together. Um, just what are the core things that this person needs to experience? And you know, just the big, the big beats. And I had Lucy and Steven, but then I also had their relationship as a character because they have their own storylines, but then they also, their relationship is like a character in the show. And then once I had figured all those out separately, I started to do, you know, we call it like the blend, you know, you just blend it together and then each, you know, everything morphs and changes from there. Um, it's definitely the hardest part is figuring out the structure, especially when there's so many characters and you always feel like you're not giving enough time to one character. Um, so that's always, always hard, but um, yeah, it, it's always, once you get past the structure and into just the writing, that's when it's, you know, flows a little bit more easily. It's a little bit more fun. So I love that. And, and Grace and Jackson, I wanted to talk with the two of you a little bit about the way in which you've built this dynamic between your characters. As Megan was mentioning at the beginning, there really is this kind of push and pull and moments where one of them has a little bit more of the power in the dynamic versus the other one. And we really see that ebb and flow through the first few episodes of the season. Um, and so how do the two of you work to figure out what does this initial chemistry and attraction look like between these two characters? What is it internally that really draws them to each other into this space where they're just becoming completely consumed? And then how do we want to create this power balance that constantly goes back and forth in the push and pull? That's like three questions in one. Oh, there's a lot more we're going here. Grace, you take it. Okay. Um, I think it was really important for us to, to, for the initial meeting of them to make it feel like there were fireworks going on, but also create some sort of danger element to it as well. Like have, have the audience be, be confused whether this is going to go in a great direction and they're going to fall in love and they're perfect for each other, or is it going to be the, the downfall of both of these people and to try to incorporate all of those aspects to it. And I mean, it's like, it's like all of my favorite movies, like toxic relationship, like blue Valentine or urban cowboy, where there's parts of it where you, you really root for them and they feel like perfect for each other. And then parts of it where you're like, run, like run away yeah. and to, to have that push and pull with the audience too, and have the audience kind of be in Lucy's head and be just as confused as she is. Yeah. And these, these people met each other at the perfect time for one another. Like they, they both came from something where they needed the other one to sort of start this path of toxicity. So like, she was very closed off and very uh, 
not processing a lot of childhood trauma, whereas he was doing the same thing, but in this very external way, he was like, he, he gets to college, he's putting his shit on everyone he's projecting, he's, he's constantly trying to, to escape his own thoughts and not sit with a single feeling. And those two energies complemented each other. And that's why it was the perfect timing for those two people to unite and, and fuck each other's shit up, you know? And then on the other side of the triangle, we've we've got your character, Alicia. And again, you know, there's just this huge amount of push and pull with there's this rich history. They've been dating for a couple of years. He's been unfaithful. And so she's trying to figure out whether this is a relationship that she wants to step back into or, or run away from. And again, there's just some magnetism that keeps pulling her back. And so the, were there any conversations about, you know, the necessity for these two types of connections to look very different in the show? And even though there is a push and pull for it to feel very different because emotionally and watching the show, it does feel like two very different dynamics between the two relationships that he's got with these women. Yeah, I mean, I think like from my point of view, I guess as an audience member, I think that um, Stephen is able to like access different parts of himself and that I think Diana acts, she mothers him a lot um, in a way that like, I'm not sure that Lucy does and that they serve different functions for him. I don't know, Jackson, if you agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. He goes to different people for different things. She's the, she's, she's just someone who has more information about his past. So she can, he can, he can be like his version of vulnerable around her and spill his guts and, and, and be weak and, and, it's not even vulnerable because it's like, it's still manipulative, but he's, he can do that with her. Like he can't, and he doesn't want to put the time in to do that with a new relationship. And that's why there's always this mis- miscommunication with, with him and Lucy where he can just run off to Diana. And off the back of that, Megan, what were the most important nuances and details that you wanted to ensure felt really different between those two different relationship dynamics throughout the show? Well, we needed to figure out why each of these women would would be with him um, and what each of them got from him. Because, you know, when you look at it from afar, it's like, besides this amazing sex, like, why are they doing this? You know what I mean? And so really trying to get get in each of their heads and figure out not only how is he different with each of them, but what is it that they want from him? And I think with... Yeah, I I think also with Diana specifically, she's thinking so long term and she's, I think, convinced that he will change at some point. Whereas I think Lucy is sort of just taking it. I mean, I don't know. It's I don't want to speak for Grace, but when we were writing her, she's sort of just taking it day by day and she isn't thinking ahead quite as much um, until kind of turns and then she is. But yeah. And Sonia and Kat, both of you were touching upon before the, the fact that, you know, female friendship and, and having this sort of friendship opportunity at college along with Lucy is such an important aspect for them in their lives. And we really get to see different sides of them when it's, you know, this group of female friends together, yeah. as opposed to when they're at a party with a whole bunch of other people around. And so what were the different sides that you really wanted to come to the foreground when it does feel like this place of trust and this plus place of intimacy within this friendship group? Um, I think I wanted to find moments where Pippa really did feel like she was on top of the world and she was like 
the top and then there'd be moments where Brie and Lucy would be sort of clinked together. I think that's so common with like a trio of friends or they would be together and suddenly she'd feel very like, oh, I'm on the outside of this. I'm actually not in charge and the insecurity that comes with that. And for you, Kat? Yeah, I would say ditto pretty much like the clickiness was definitely something that um, was like fun to play with because you feel dejected when two people you're in a group of three people and two people are like connecting. Um, So that was definitely something that, that played into it for sure. And then Ben and Spencer and talking a little bit about the way that you formed this relationship and this bond between these two brothers, I was interested in how you approached it because obviously there's certain dynamics that come into play from older sibling, younger sibling, um, you know, Ben, you're playing the younger sibling who feels a little bit overshadowed by his brother sometimes. And the fact that everybody already knows him. And at the same time, he's, you know, he's also the person that your character confides in when something does go wrong very early on in the show. And so how did the two of you want to build that, that backstory and that history of what that dynamic looked like with the two of them and even just that level of comfort of growing up in the same house together their whole lives? Um, I think I think a lot of credit goes to casting because when Ben and I first met, it was kind of, uh, it just seemed like the work had been done. Uh, yeah, it was, it, there, there, there was no, nothing ever forced. I think it was all right there of... Um, um uh, a a big brother i have two older brothers so like a big brother trying to take care of the younger brother which is uh familiar to me ben. yeah i mean casting casting does a, g- a good job obviously but obviously spencer is just a a good person a great human so ma- he makes it easy to want to get to know him and, and get closer to him um and That's- i as well have a, a brother i'm the older brother and the dynamic so i thought it would be really fun to experience the opposite and I, I guess it's, it's kind of the same for you Spencer yeah yeah it was it was kind of like stepping into your your brother's shoes a little bit right right yeah for both of us I would feel yeah I love that well it worked out great and you guys even showed up in matching jean jackets I know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, I also wanted to ask you about your process in terms of going through the scripts and finding those little inklings of details that were interlaced that could give you part of your character's backstory, you know, because we start to learn details about his family having a little bit of money or even just a moment where he's picking up a box of items that his mom has sent from QVC because she's completely addicted to home shopping. And so how did you find all those little details that that Megan and the writers had kind of peppered in throughout the scripts and really used that to build a lot of his backstory and a lot of his foundational elements as a character? Yeah, I, I think it's exactly what you said. Uh, just reading through the scripts and, and and being really specific and 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 reading every little thing that maybe uh, was was written about Evan and then having a lot of talks with Megan um, and the, the writers. Um, but yeah, I, I saw myself a lot in Evan in a lot of different ways. So it was it wasn't too hard to understand some of it. I don't have millions and millions of dollars, unfortunately, not yet. Fingers crossed, but uh, yeah, I, I think it, once I started getting the details um, of his backstory, it was it was kind of easy to latch onto and, and connect with. 
And Grace, one of the elements with your character as well is also her relationship with her father who's passed away. And yet it feels like such a vital part of who she is throughout the show. Were there challenges that came with trying to really explore and express this dynamic and, and this kind of very continued love and adoration that she has for him and the way that it influences certain things that she wants to do in life? all the while not having someone that you can play it alongside and really just having to capture it through the internalized aspects of her as a character. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that is the the root of her trauma and why she is the way she is and why she's built up this emotional wall. And you see in episode five, her tell the story kind of for the first time to anyone and you see how traumatic it is for her. And I think, you know, her relationship with her dad was was really amazing and she lost her best friend. And I think Stephen, whether it was manipulation or not, was the first time that that she had felt heard and seen. And I think that is what made her latch on to Stephen in, in such an intense way that he he made her feel all of these feelings that she's never felt before and that that have been unlocked since since her father passed and she's been numb for the past few years. Mm-hmm. And Megan, given that there are so many aspects within, you know, not just the two central characters, but elements of other characters where there is aspects of trauma in their past or, or difficulty in, in childhood, how did you kind of take the details that the book gave you in terms of a lot of that and really figure out what made sense visually on screen and, and what could really be brought to life through these performances from the cast that you had in terms of the details that felt the most important to bring to the foreground? Right. Well, in terms of the ensemble characters, we we pretty much created it all from scratch because in the book, the the rest of the characters are, are really um, in the background. The, the book is so focused on Lucy and Steven. So we got to just really kind of create that from the ground up. And even when I was initially pitching the show, um, I, I did a lot of thinking about that and stealing from, you know, writers always steal from their own lives and their own friendships and all of that. So um, I, I, I always just think, you know, what hits me the hardest in the core and uh, go with that. Like Pippa's storyline, um, I think is, oh, I don't want to give spoilers away, but there's a lot in Pippa's storyline later that um, felt very, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, relatable to me. Um, but yeah, I think with Lucy and Steven, we also ended up kind of recreating a lot of their trauma, the trauma that they have, they have trauma in the book, but we, we did change a lot of it. For instance, Steven's dad is the more central character in the book, uh, but he's sort of weak and is a little bit of a pushover. And the mom is toxic, but absent. And I didn't want Steven to be the antagonist at school and in his relationships and at home. I felt like he needed, he needed a bully. Um, and so I decided to make the mom present instead of the dad and have her be this more toxic character. So, yeah, it's always just about what, you know, things that work really well on the page don't always work well on screen and vice versa. Um, and figuring out how you, you know, just bring things to the present so that it's so that it can be externalized. 
Absolutely. And, and there's moments where you really allow for parallels in tandem with the two of them as well. Like there's one of the episodes where we essentially are seeing both of them in their home lives with their parents after hearing aspects about their home life and, and their relationships with their parents. And then we actually get the opportunity to see it very much side by side. And so how did you find those places where you really wanted to have that real linearity in terms of the experience that we're having on screen as we're learning about these characters? It happened pretty organically. We knew that we wanted to do an episode where you sort of break from campus and we go into a bubble of their, of their families and it feeling sort of mirrored, just, it just kind of happened naturally in the flow of the writing and, and making it feel balanced. But I didn't initially intend for it to be like two mommy stories. Um, but it, it ended up, yeah, happening that way. Mom stories. Mommy stories. <laughs> Mommy. You know, we don't need any more daddy stories. I'll say that. No. Yeah. And they're done that. <laughs> and Jackson, with, with our challenges in, in playing a character, you know, like everybody's describing where there is this real charisma and we have to understand what's really pulling these two women towards him in these relationship dynamics. And yet also finding what are the red flags that, and kind of the little toxic elements that start to come into these dynamics that you're also playing to and really making sure that you're constantly servicing both sides of him in each of these instances. Um, but Megan and I talked about from the beginning, like the, the, the way through this character is to, for, to believe every word he's saying and to really try and play it as grounded and, and, and close to real life as possible and let the story um, tell itself. And that's, that's, that's been the approach since the beginning is give as much humanity to this character as possible and then let the let the story just kind of unfold and then let everyone else decide what they think about that. Um, but to like show up at work and play a charismatic guy, that's insane. That's so hard to do. And especially like on the page, he's like this like sex guy. And you got to like show up and just be like, okay, how do I play a sex guy? How do I, I'm sexy. And it's like, it's like the hardest <laughs> thing in the world. You have to like, you know, like figure out how to do that kind of thing. And, and, and it's, it's credit to the storytelling because all I really had to do was just show up and, and do my own interpretation and let the story, let the great writing, let all that shit just tell itself and just be, you know, as close to uh, real life as possible. And, you know, for, for any of the cast that want to want to jump in on this, I was interested in in how Megan and how the show directors, if there were any moments where there was a particular scene or a particular aspect of your character that you really remember her or, or the directorial team on the show really helping you to finesse and really helping you to find in your performances. Spencer. Thank you, Jackson. <laughs> um, actually, yeah. The, um, uh, M M Megan is a, a, a great boss. I don't have a lot, you know, I don't, um, I've been on a lot of projects where there's not a lot, you're not really heard that often. It's just kind of like do it puppet sort of thing. And like, and on this one, if, if you, if you were confused about anything or if you, if you really had ideas, uh, Megan would hear you out. And, um, a lot of times meet halfway and that was, um, very refreshing. And those, the, yeah, it's a very lucky, um, lucky thing to have when you're, when you're on a job. Yeah. And I feel like you should go next, Jackson, since you threw Spencer into it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it was so collaborative. 
like I, I second that it was so we got to bring so much of what we wanted to these characters and, and use their blueprint. The question was like, was there a, was there a directorial moment that stood out? Is that what the question was kind of? Was that yeah, like, <laughs> or, were, were there any particular moments that you remember her or, or any of the directors on the show, just really helping you to figure out in terms of a scene or, or your character? I mean, not to gas Megan up a bunch right now, but yeah, she was super available and, and open for us to talk to her about everything. And she was really, uh, yeah, open to have us talk to her about whatever we wanted. Um, with episodic, you get some directors that you don't vibe with some directors you do. So it was, it was very, um, we had what, six directors. So yeah, it was like, there was some, really special moments and there were some moments that were more challenging and um i know that uh yeah yeah that's all i can say right now anyone else i would just say like with the oh go ahead go ahead (laughs) uh i was just gonna say like there were so many different directors it's nice to have megan as like a constant that you know that like she is always there and like sending you like nice texts at the end of the day, you know, like that was just nice to like, feel like, okay, she's like got my back through this whole thing. Yeah. Megan also hasn't stopped working on this for like four years. Like you, you have not taken a rest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> March, 2020, March, 2020. Jeez. Oh God. It's been well, very- it shows, it shows you understand all of the characters so deeply. It feels like every, every character is a part of yourself. Yeah. The way you understand them and know their minds. It's so, so amazing. What, what makes this show so relatable? Yeah. Cause they all feel like real people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that point. The, the first five episodes are really great. So congratulations on everything. I can't wait to watch the rest of the season as it is. And thank you so much to all of you for talking about it. Really appreciate your time today.